Welcome, alien overlords, to your Secret Invasion podcast by Fantastic Geek, the official unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me is the Reptiloid who has assumed the visage of Pete. Hello, Pete. Very good at being your bestie. I'm also devilishly good at being not your bestie. Secret Invasion podcast by Fantastic Geek for episode 5 harvest is brought to you by the widow's veil the newer version cloaks everything everything pete making our way across all the things that we podcast uh tomorrow star trek sunday we'll be talking strange new worlds episode 206 of course later in the week there will be pardon me this weekend there will be the screening at san diego comic-con of the next episode the much vaunted crossover with lower decks that episode hits the rest of us uh on thursday of course and pete i understand from paramount plus slash star trek social media we might be able to expect seeing a lot of familiar faces at san diego comic-con star trek panel Yes, as they put out into social media, oh, hey, San Diego Comic-Con attendees and people that will watch from afar, uh, surprise, GIF of uh, Tawny Newsom as uh, uh, Beckett Mariner and Tawny Newsom clapped back. Indeed, the implication on social media being come to the Star Trek panel, see Star Trek stars. Uh, now, okay, fine, Pete. They didn't say that. They were just implying it for those not in the know. And Tony Newsom, rightfully, very quick to point out that she's not doing that as her union is striking. Unions, oh, Matt. Unions. Uh, uh, that you know, Pete. I had forgotten. Not only is she an actor, but also a writer. On what? She is on the Starfleet Academy series. I do not know if she is yet a member of the Writers Guild of America. She may not have enough points yet. That's a three-year system to gain entrance and TV counts less than, of course, feature films. But, uh, yeah, if, she, if she's not a member, she's someone who will be. And uh, yet another promotional PR masterstroke from Paramount Plus. Quotes over masterstroke there. Pete, <laughs> uh, earlier in this past week, we were updating our Ahsoka podcast, talking about its trailer and uh, all the luminousness from that. So good news, new Star Wars show coming in August uh, on the Andor Season 2 front. Uh, they're running out of scenes that can be shot without sag after a members so if it has not shut down already season two will be going on a production hiatus in the near future yes from my understanding matt uh now they only have the equity actors that's the version uh, of the screen actors guild in britain who are not involved in this strike um but on the positive front the IATSE, that of course being the International Alliance of Theater of Theatrical Stage Employees, Matt, they struck a deal at the 11th hour, narrowly averting a strike. So perhaps there is some momentum to the labor strife. 
indeed broadway and uh national touring companies continuing so that's a that's good news if you're looking to check out any of those shows b i really really think if you see the actors strike stretch i don't know well i'll just pick a number for another 45 days or so i wouldn't be surprised if you see some actors doing stage stuff whatever that might look like you know whether it's a play whether it's a whatever it might be just to you know frankly make ends meet and so forth um but pete bringing things even closer to secret invasion talking about the mcu talking about the marvels trailer which uh quite a good trailer has me re-excited for the captain marvel sequel uh the the use of beastie boys uh supported by like a, a score for the trailer uh, i thought was particularly inspired yeah, it's a return to the motif of the teaser. But Matt, this odd promotional air quotes tour of sorts. Let's remember that the movie was originally slated to arrive this month. It's been pushed, of course, to November. Uh, you drive by your McDonald's. They've got all the toys and there's all sorts of promotional information and there's even a pre-recorded zoom call with uh brie larson and company but uh yeah it's not out for a couple more months it, it strikes me as very weird that there's not a promotional mechanism like you can't just sit and say and we're going to delay like hey mcdonald's restaurants you've gotten all your uh captain marvel boxes hey target you've gotten all your captain marvel slash the marvel's lego sets just leave them in the back for a couple more months you know i'm i'm sure storage is an issue and things like that but just generally speaking is is mcdonald's winning out by having a captain marvel promotion this july no is the marvel's having a win by mcdonald's doing the same not really but i guess that is the way it is in the biz speaking of the biz matt these subscription models which of course yield no residuals uh they'll never last hence the first three episodes of the series we're about to discuss are now available on hulu for uh the next month Exciting times, indeed. Let's evaluate the intel behind this episode. Nick Fury pushes President Ritson through a hospital as he needs blood. As medical personnel tell Fury the president needs space, Fury tells the president who is unconscious, man. I'm not quite sure what the understanding is here that he's going to hear him, that it wasn't the Russians who attacked. Amid discussion of cracking open the president's chest and his ability to tolerate it, Fury adds that he not trust Colonel Rhodes. The female surgeon bars Fury from going forward as he sees the news has images of Talos at the scene of the attack albeit acknowledged as an ally. Gun in hand, Fury grabs a chair and sits in front of the operating room. In Scrollville, I know that's not the full name, but it's a fun thing to say, uh, a car of, uh, of troublemaking folks returns, Pagan causing for a moment. Uh, 
Gravik leads everyone in, tells them to assemble the operatives. Gravik moves deeper into the building, uh, kind of on a second level. He's going to tell the assembled that the, the target was the president and he is still alive. Pagan there, not quite getting it all there. He says, Vara was never kill, going to kill Fury. Still, that was the job task to her. Uh, there's dissension here in the ranks. Indeed, Gravik could have killed Fury today, and Gravik didn't. Uh, why is Gravik trusted? Uh, and suddenly, Gravik Groot stabs uh, Pagan to death. R.I.P. Pagan. Gravik tells all those listening that they are in fact voiceless and nameless. What a what a boss, Pete. Uh, now someone go to Vara's house, house and kill her. All this over Fury hiding the Avengers DNA, which was not in any of the locations that Gravik provided Pagan. Hence the questioning here of the orders um, and the kill order for uh, Vara. Um, he tells the rest that Fury found out because of Vara, uh, and Beto looks shaken, but with seeming resolve. Gravik calls Scrody and asks where he is on the way to the hospital to tie up loose ends. Gravik changes the plan, keep the president alive, Tell him it was the Russians with the help of Skrulls using satellite footage of new Skrullos. He calls her Rava and demands she leverage the situation against Fury, who doesn't want to see World War III or innocent Skrulls die. And if they don't get what they want, sacrifice. Rody. Scrody gets to the hospital. A little bit of a camera cheat here in that all of a sudden the camera close on Rhodey. There's a gun in his shoulder from Fury. He probably would have seen Fury coming. It's not really a complaint, Pete. It's the art of the camera. Uh, Rhodey says the country is grateful and that gun, if you use it, uh, that's the only way to out-scroll Rhodey. But here's the thing, that footage of Fury in quotes to us, Killing Hill is going to lead off the news around the world in about 60 seconds. Yeah, Rhodey really did release it. Tick tock, Nick. Uh, Fury starts to walk, and he's told he'll never get so close to the president again. Uh, further guns drawn on him in a, in a dramatic moment here. However, Fury says that he will be seeing Gravik soon. After the title card in London... A red-bearded man, Sonia, was previously worried about in the previously on from a previous episode, uh, watches the news of Fury Killing special guest star Kobe Smulders. As his assistant tells him, uh, Sonia is there to see him. He tells her to tell Sonia he's busy, but Sonia barges in and he asks if she's heard about the attack on the president and if scrolls could be among them. She tells her superior she thinks they're bloody everywhere and puts a gun to his head to politely ask for the location of Dr. Rosa Dalton. He asks her if she's lost her mind and she shoots him, prompting four agents with guns drawn. They ask what 
she's done. And she says she's just showing director Weatherby's true colors as his hand shifts to scroll form. She informs him the SIS has no official policy on killing scrolls, so he needs to start talking. In New Scrollos, Beto has questions about Pagan being killed. Gravik wonders if Beto is scared, but Gravik steps away to take a call. Rhodey updates the fact that POTUS, that's your president of the United States, is out of surgery. The call ends, and Gravik is attacked by the mob, led by Beto. Uh, there's a bag over his head. Several scrolls get him on a table, beating him. I like uh, the gra- sledgehammer. Pete, <laughs> they are they are a disgruntled bunch here, and now ready to exact revenge. Uh, Gravik fights back, uh, turning knives held by the attackers back onto them, flipping guys, uh, and ultimately uh, throwing Beto straight into the next room. Who wants it? Who else? Beto tells Gravik he's a monster. And for his trouble, Pete, Beto gets his neck slit. That's right. This is an episode seeing a lot of our supporting scrolls take the exit here. To the gasps of those who look on. Under cover of darkness, Fury makes his way to the Brixton safe house where Gaia is waiting and remembers playing in front of a colorful mural. He explains the Nazis nearly destroyed the area in World War II, and afterward it became a haven for West Indian immigrants. She asks him uh, if that's why he chose it, and he says he feels strength from their struggle, as did her father. She says Talos died on a foreign planet and nothing will come of it. She ran away from him because... She knew he'd lose. Fury tells her he chose the path of struggle and didn't lose. She can't let grief paralyze her because it's her time now. Talos told him how she survived her execution, but she says she had no choice. He asks what DNA Gravik stole, and she tells him, only a few samples in Cull Obsidian, which we have not seen used yet, and Flora Colossus, that of course the uh, genus species name for Groot, which he took because he couldn't find what he was looking for, called the Harvest. She needs to bury her father, and he gives her keys and tells her to take him to Priscilla, who will know what to do as sirens and lights are outside. He'll be in touch from Finland. She tells him not to worry about her because she'll put on a good face. You see, Pete, that's wordplay, for she is a shapeshifter. Uh, Outside, Fury takes the back stairs. We cut to Sonia at a microscope. She says hello to the scroll scientists. Uh, Sonia is who, Pete? It's the line from the top of the podcast here. She could be the bestie or not the bestie. She's shown a shotgun, and Nigel is uh, actually further than behind them with a gun. Uh, she's impressed with a lot of the science going on here, but Dr. Dalton, talk. Uh, and indeed, it turns out Dr. Dalton has uh, work that has spanned several areas of focus. 
little little further focusing of the focus here. How about this one, the Harvest device? Let's hear everything about it. I would like to hear everything about it, but we cut to us, we the audience, not having been told a thing. But the uh, the the lab is emptied and burned. Uh, Mister Scientist, I guess that's Mister Dalton. Pete, I won't that's assume. Victor. There you go. Uh, he pulls a gun on his wife. Sonia is unimpressed and ultimately shoots him dead. Uh, Dr. Dalton has his blood, but she is still alive. Pete, I won't quibble here on the fact that Sonia's able to draw and shoot faster than uh, the gentleman is at responding to it. Because you know what? Sonia's a fighter. This guy, more of a science guy, not a fighter in that sense. Yeah, I like Sonia's line about not doubting him for a moment. And human males are no different. If they're not gaslighting, they're threatening murder. It's what all the podcasts are about. <laughs> Cut to Gaia mourning her father's body. I guess they were serious about the killing off of Talos thing. Then going to Vara's home, uh, she breaks in. The house suspiciously empty, suspiciously quiet. But then she's at gunpoint and says that she's Gaia. She needs help actually burying her father. Tension rising. We cut to Ritson uh, taking a visit from Rhodey. Rhodey explaining that the scrolls helped the attack and they're working with the Russians. There is corroborating evidence from Sonia Fallsworth on this. Uh, indeed, here's the scroll compound in Russia. The UK is on board to attack NATO not far behind. Uh, and it's time to cut things off at the head uh, with an attack on Russian soil. Pete, what fiction? What craziness here? In the back of a car, Fury gets a call from Gravik with a deal. If he brings him the harvest, he'll call the whole thing off. The car arrives at a Learjet, and he enters to find Natasha Romanoff's guy Friday, Mason, who's impressed Fury has an Interpol red notice. Fury will feel a lot better on the helicarrier, but Mason says it's been mothballed again. He gives Fury a device he figures he may need and tells him to get a nap because he seems grumpy. Great use here of the Mason character. Great uh, use of the uh, return of actor O.T. Fegbanley. He, of course, British Pete, but still, they didn't need to reach for Mason. I don't know how big Mason's role is going to be in the final episode, blah, blah, blah. But this is really a great use of the character of the actor uh, here. Nobody saw this cameo coming, Matt. Nobody that I had heard from. Uh, as Priscilla sets the funeral pyre, Gaia laments her father as their general, worthy of a procession of mourners. Priscilla says he wasn't much for pageantry and asks if Gaia has the offering as she lights the torch. Gaia places her mother's wedding ring on her father's corpse and admits she doesn't know the prayer, which Priscilla recites. Gaia speaks Skrullos, which is in no way anything like Dothraki, and tells her father, to travel well to his beyond. Later, she laments she told him he was a failure. But Priscilla did something similar to Fury before the snap. Gaia asks why Gravik wants to kill her, 
and she believes it's for insubordination. Yet, she's obeying the order to wait around for her exception. But she loved their home since she first set foot in it 15 years ago with fury in mind. She was sure he'd call, uh, she wasn't sure uh, he'd call any one place home, let alone with her. But she figured if she had a biting chance, she needed to find one with three things he values most. Lots of privacy, security, and light. She'd get lost watching him read in front of the window. And Gaia asks if Fury ever got lost watching her in her own skin. That's none of her business. She, as you mentioned, Pete, is prepared to meet her executioners here just on cue. Bullets flying, the women running to a hiding spot. There are some of those go bags or bug out bags ready to go. Weapons aplenty. Gaia and Vara do a lot of shooting. Wave two comes in. Still the women fight. Good, solid fight scene here. And ultimately, Vara and Gaia winning out. We go to Finland where IDs are being checked. An elderly white man is welcomed home. Uh, he, of course, is not Nick Fury, but it is Nick Fury wearing one of those uh, Black Widow era facial masks here. Uh, he meets Sonia in her car. She asks him to put on the, uh, a seatbelt. That's just good practice there. She does wonder why uh, this technology couldn't also hide his hands. And uh, I, I appreciate the story out here, which is he's using an older model and uh the pieces certainly coming together more and more here. We have Vara and Gaia in a car ready to part as Gaia leaves. But Pete, take us specifically to 294 kilometers from the Russian border, which just struck me as super, super, super specific. I don't know if that's a thing. I don't know what the genesis is of that, but it just struck me as really specific. It was hyper specific, especially since they're on the move. Fury asks Sonia why she thinks Scrody is in charge of all of this. She gave him the location of New Skrullos as the new head of SIS, but she didn't know he's a Skrull and asks who isn't these days, hence all the sillier that she would hand it over. The stakes are recapped here, Matt, which I love that Olivia Coleman uh, deadpans as war war. <laughs> uh, she asks about the harvest and he tells her nearly every Avenger spilled blood in the battle of earth, even Carol Danvers in the aftermath, some with the ability to blend in, you know, scrolls were sent in to collect DNA. Nobody knew about it except him and the collectors who were led by Gravik, where he probably got the idea for his machine. So Fury is responsible for all of it, which is why he came back to Earth as they get out at a Scandinavian cemetery. Sonia taught Fury only dead men keep secrets as they look upon yet another grave of Colonel Nicholas J. Fury. Sonia asks why he hasn't called any of his special friends down, and he tells her it's personal and not budgetary at all. 
Uh, indeed, it is hammered home that he needs to fix this himself uh, since it's a problem he caused. And only he can defend the world like he can. Okay. Um, his power is his brain and his love for his wife. But what is this grave? He's got them all over. Dead men need options. Pete, what is it that makes Finland such an attractive place for him? That's where he and Priscilla honeymooned since Skrulls, like the cold. Oh, my God. Nick Fury was married to a Skrull. Sonya understands now. Fury blows on the headstone and it reveals uh, a vial. It's a vial that he indeed will hand over. He walks inside a tomb and one panel scans his eye, opens up a storage area, puts on a leather coat, an eye patch, uh, opening up another panel, getting the gun, getting the earpiece, putting the earpiece in. It's time to finish this, he says as the episode finishes. Time to analyze the fallout from this episode. The Harvest, Matt, this is Avengers DNA, uh, Danvers among them, but all apparently aggregated into one little vial. So would you get all the powers? It will be interesting to see how next week's episode approaches that Um of course, the the worst, lowest hanging fruit would be like, they never answer that question, Pete. And instead they go, oh, here's samples from everybody. And we go, but wait, it looks like it's just one big vial. Pete, surely it can't be that. It's not like overworked Marvel Studios has been accused of extending itself and letting some of the details slide by. So maybe indeed, Pete, we are headed to combine Super Scrolls with some sort of Super Avengers cocktail. Um, perhaps that adds to the sizzle for next week's episode. Gaia's time being now, Matt, is her time now to impersonate her father going forward so we can have both Amelia Clark and Ben Mendelsohn. It certainly is more than possible, and I think that you could get some great kind of story moments like, they might not follow me, but they will follow my father. So I will do this in his memory. For the hero's journey is such that the child must be the adult and literally be the adult. Um, and then as you say, Pete, you know, to get more Ben Mendelsohn in there, I, I kind of feel like that's a no-brainer. And it's also something that the audience, the audience should not be confused. Like, wait, you killed Ben Mendelsohn. Now Ben Mendelsohn's back. Like, it's a show about shapeshifter people. Um, I think that's one to watch for next week. I think it'd be a really cool tribute for her to take on the visage of her father. You keep both performers involved. Uh, I'm anxious to see how they go about that. Matt, helicarriers mothballed until they're not like in Age of Ultron. Uh, the unmothballing of which took place on your Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Certainly it speaks to the past, you know, to Fury's past, etc. It also, you know, I think begs the larger question who we might see next week, uh, because as always, there's a variety of options. 
Well, Matt, those aren't rotors I hear over my head of a helicarrier. It's instead a quake. Quake Watch 2023, Pete, I know that without any sense of irony, uh, in, on last week's podcast, I shared with you seeing social media chatter that, you know, people thought Quake was going to show up in the second or third episode, then it was the third or fourth, and on the heels of such betrayals last week, uh, there were people on Twitter saying, guaranteed Quake shows up in episode five, uh, Pete. Take us over the big board. What's the total minutes of Quake appearance though, uh, thus far? Exactly zero. But with one episode remaining, Matt, we can possibly guarantee that maybe she will show up in the finale because, of course, Fury might have called her or someone else. I do think a bit more seriously that the sun... The sun is setting on the quake option, particularly when one considers what does next week's episode need to do. First of all, how long is next week's episode? Because we've just come from subsequent 32 to 35 minute episodes. I would expect this is more in the 45 to 50 range. But what are things that it needs to do? I'll just go in any particular order, starting with the Marvels in November. I'm assuming at the end of all this, Fury maybe with his wife or without his wife or whatever resolution is going to happen there Fury's up in space again i'm assuming there's going to be resolution with his wife positive or negative uh i would not rule out the possibility of uh guest stars who have been in secret invasion episodes returning either as their scroll self or the real self i'm talking do we get more martin freeman do we get more kobe smolders again in some some version real scroll hollow goodbye whatever it might be let alone we need to wrap up you know gravic taking humanity to the brink of world war three and some sort of justice for gravic whether it's in iron irons or at the end of a gun or whatnot um th that's a lot of things to do to also then say and we're going to get not one not two but three agents of shield to come in and save the day in a way that won't feel like deus ex machina and will feel earned by the heroes of this show Matt, you're implying that she could not appear in the body of the episode, but could be, of course, the subject of a secret scene. Um, that would address my concerns here. And I don't know how serious or not serious you're being people. Look, if Quake shows up in a secret scene, I will be happy because Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is our mothership. That said... You know, as I've said many times before in recent months, I'm a little tired of the Marvel secret scene that is not setting up the thing that's right around the corner that instead is saying, bet you can't wait for Doctor Strange 3 with Charlize Theron coming out. Oh, no, because I'm not even sure it was a contract or maybe it's like a, a Avengers movie or I don't know. And then there's this strike coming that could just wipe stuff out entirely. But Charlize Theron, if we get Quake show up here again, my first reaction will be happiness. Then I will say, how are you going to use her? And it will feel like a poor use indeed to be, you know, after the credit sequence. If not Agent Daisy Johnson, who could Fury have called? I mean, 
I feel as I've said all series, I feel like the scope of this show, um, for as much as they want it to be this tense, uh, paranoid thriller, it also is not kind of as globe trotting as some of the other shows, either globe trotting physically around the the globe, or even I'm thinking, you know, WandaVision, like what's our reality? What's going on? What's the nature of things? It kind of was a a, a broad story universe, even though it was there in in northern new jersey um i know we've talked sam wilson he comes to mind as someone who would fit into the story very nicely um i hope it's a top tier kind of person like that and not you know stick with falcon and the winter soldier for a second i hope it's not you know his army helper guy shows up and we go i think i remember that from two years ago is that army helper guy you know things of that sort let it if this show has not knocked the socks off of every single last viewer every single week, let this finale do that, please. We've received several communiques from our field agents. Let's see what they have to say. Pete, how would people rate this episode on the slowly dwindling Twitter? Uh, one gravestone tired got 18.2 percent which is not an insignificant number there two gravestones toward the end got 12.1 percent three gravestones tip top countdown got 27.3 percent and then four gravestones taut and tense got 42.4 percent some replies on twitter first from rose ferry at anna rose 584 what took fury so long to pick up his magical coat patch and weapons Please don't let Mason be a bad scroll. Good pilots are in short supply, and this guy may be close to an, uh, maybe as close to an Avenger as we are going to get. Uh, Pete, let's stick with that for a second. What do you think the odds are of more Mason next week? I don't think you'd bring him in for just one scene. Could he have been the unseen person on the other end of Fury's phone call? It's it's certainly possible. We've not really seen. Um, Mason on the action end. Um, he's got one more season of uh, The Handmaid's Tale. Uh, might be time to blow him up as a international action star, Matt. We are from Andre Yeager at Dr. Polo in 1983. I'm convinced that this show was shot like a long movie. Uh, versus separate episodes. Can't wait to binge once complete. Sonya chews up the scenery every time she's on screen. The Gravic Fury face-off is going to be epic. I know Fury has several things up his sleeve. Uh, we hear next from Prodigy Deserve Better at KCLYLE1 on Twitter. I really enjoyed it, but Fury's reasoning for not involving the Avengers was lame. I get it show-wise, but it's completely unrealistic for the situation. Anyway, I, I thought they might pull Talos from the brink, but nope, they dropped him off and burned him up. I'd like to take this chance to mention we never saw Hill's body, just her casket. A stretch, probably. The headstone hiding place was cool, and Sonya is fast becoming one of my favorite supporting characters. Hope to see more of her in the future. I uh, look forward to the finale. Uh, that got a couple of replies from Andre Yeager, who's on board with not believing Maria Hill is truly dead. Uh, and KCLYLE1 says, yeah, she's only been mentioned as a way to threaten Fury, nothing else. Uh, I can remember after he spoke to the mother, just seems weird before he set out the end of the episode, it would have been a logical place to at least 
mention her. So I think that's a good theory too. I mean, I know we've discussed uh, ad infinitum. Anybody can return in the show, either as their main character or as a scroll version, blah, blah, blah. But from day one, I never loved how um, Maria Hill was killed off so unceremoniously and to sit and go surprise. It was a, it was a secret all along. I'm on board with that. What if, Matt, since we now know Fury came back because the Avengers DNA was in play, that Maria Hill was part of this and this was staged so that uh, he could draw out Kravik? Um, that sounds like the kind of thing that you reveal in the final act of a taught spy thriller and next week is in a certain sense the final act um i think you could be on something we hear from major noel gardner at noel camille who says this episode packed a bunch in for its length graphic is off the rails i wonder if that extra dna has some side effects sonia continues to be a delight I like that we got a little bit of scroll co- culture in the funeral for Talos. I was not expecting Mason to show up, but it makes perfect sense. He's the one with the IDs and tech. I hope we get more of the MCU Q. Speaking of, what's the full body widow's mask? I get from a business standpoint why Avengers don't show up, uh, but the story excuse is lame. None of them watch the news and just want to show up. You know, Scott would jump at the opportunity. Uh, Pete, I agree. Would it have been better to not have that line? Like, I think we, again, we all inherently understand, here's why the Avengers don't show up every single time for every little thing. Okay. I think we would have just given the show the gimme without that mention again. You have one Avenger who is at New Skrullos, uh hooked into the machine in Rhodey. Um, you have a movie in the offing now actively being promoted, Matt, uh, with the Marvels, a a team up of one Avenger and future Avengers. We know the roster changes. Um, it's, it's wonky that they don't. One of the things seen in promotional footage that's in the finale is this room with all these pods you know, would they reach for having Avengers in there or whatnot? We don't know. Um, yeah, it's it's tough tap dancing around it and having conviction. What do you think the odds are that some portion of next week's episode, uh, including, you know, secret scenes, that they directly tie into the Marvels that, that in retrospect, this show needed to always come out before the Marvels, regardless of whatever things on there, you know, and do we get people from the Marvels showing up? I'll, I'll say showing up authentically in this, as opposed to, for example, full love to the Ms. Marvel show, but that Carol Danvers cameo, I guess in retrospect was a scene from the Marvels, uh, which we didn't know it at the time. So I'm not really taking points off, but you know, do you think we get any of the Marvels next week in a, in a substantial way? I think you kind of have to. I think anything different is going to seem out of place. It won't be Loki. It won't be Echo. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it just makes too much sense that it must be to this next project. 
We hear from Spider-Ham Lincoln at Tess LC 139. 105 was good, but it still feels like one-sixth of a story instead of one episode out of six, if that makes sense. Side note, Pete, I think that makes a ton of sense. I think that he has captured in one sentence here an issue that some of the Marvel series have had, that it is a long movie, but you, you even if you wait to binge, as Andre Yeager said, it's a bit tough to sit and say, okay, I'm going to go binge four and a half hours now like it's not quite movie sized but it's also not quite the episodes aren't quite tv show sized anyhow spider-ham lincoln says hope the finale the finale is longer than the average of the first five 45 minutes including end credits referencing the avengers again was nice but they could have been involved story-wise how many powers will gravik harvest i look forward to seeing marvie's plan to defeat gravik and how it will tie into the marvels in addition to Rhodes and ross we will learn that more characters uh will we learn that more characters have been scrolls for years how about sharon carter valentina de fontaine but until thunderbolts jimmy woo or the entire cast of rogers the musical <laughs> uh i will say this pete i think that the the heel turn the baddie turn that sharon carter took uh what was that in a secret scene for falcon the winter soldier yeah that would square the circle for me that she's not really a baddie. The scrolls are taking over, blah, blah, blah. It could. And that'd be a lot of fun. Um, people have pointed to the budget on this show in excess of $200 million. I don't know what show they're watching. Samuel L. Jackson, Ben Mendelsohn, Amelia Clark, Olivia Coleman, now OT Fagbanley. Just like this is a boffo cast, and these people's time costs money. You had the big action piece in last episode. You're moving towards what I believe is going to be a satisfying finale. It's it's all there, man. I do wonder, and look at the end of the day, it's Disney's money that they're spending. So shoot. Shoot how you want to shoot, spend what you want to spend, you know, fill out your budget sheet and then stay within that, et cetera. But let me do this way, Pete. I can't speak as to the money, and I think that you're right. If those four people, those five people and more are commanding above average money to do a streaming TV show, you know, if that's part of the discussion, great. You spend the money to go get them. So let's leave the money out of it for a second. Six-month main shoot, two- to three-month pickup shots – the, all six episodes took eight or nine months to shoot. That I don't quite understand. And maybe it's just we're shooting at a movie pace in part because we have a bunch of movie stars. But I don't know. You can't be like, and we're going to give you 10% more. And we're doing 10 to 12 episode, 10 to twelve days per episode, not 25 days per episode to yield, you know, last week, 32 minutes, this week, 37 minutes. I don't know. Yeah, Pete, it's almost like. Hollywood is trying to figure out the finances here. Uh, we hear from Bob Keeley, the most wise Bob Keeley, at R. Keeley on Twitter. I have been just okay with this show since the first episode. One telling item is I've been, uh, is I watched The Outstanding Hijack on Apple TV Plus on Wednesday mornings instead of Secret Invasion. It just hasn't grabbed me yet. Uh, we hear from Darren Bell at Darth Rasslin 79 My fave episode so far, action that wouldn't look out of place in a John Wick film. Sonya was brilliant again. Really hope Marvel find a way to keep her in the MCU. I've been thinking about who could cameo in the last episode. 
and a stretch, I know, but maybe some of the Thunderbolts. I don't dislike that one bit, and I think that is super. Can you get David Harbour for a TV episode? Uh-huh. Can you get any of these people who are getting ready, who were getting ready to film Thunderbolts? Can you get them to film a thing as part of their contract? Blah, blah, blah. That's, that's a good that's a good thought right there. I think Captain America 4's players would be more likely given they were on set, they were filming, um, and I think if it's not Captain Marvel, that's the next logical step. Uh, Spider-Ham Lincoln, by the way, had uh, left a second tweet to say, I just put it together that Fury's wife Priscilla is played by Charlene Woodard, the same actress who played Mrs. Price, the mother of Jackson's character, Mr. Glass and Unbreakable and Glass. Hashtag scrolls are everywhere. Uh, a good catch there. Yeah, I was really uh, excited to place that there. I'm like, oh my God, that's where I know this lady from. I'm sure I've seen her in a bunch of other things. Penultimately, Pete, at least penultimate tweet we hear from at BikeBRH. I've kind of resigned myself to the fact that this show is going to be mid, as the kids say. I'm enjoying it fine, but at this point, the only Marvel TV shows I would rank uh, ahead of this are Inhumans, What If, and Iron Fist Season 1. Uh, I think when he says ahead, it's either sarcastic or he means behind. Um, I don't have high expectations for the finale, Bike BRH says in conclusion. Last tweet from uh, at uh, Ed Hopkins 72, and Ed says, Why would you bring skull-rated handcuffs if you're trying to apprehend scrolls? Didn't she just want an excuse to shoot? Also... <laughs> Who did Fury call at the end? It has to be Quake, right? Yep, got to be Quake and definitely not still alive, Maria Hill. So I feel like we've kind of gone full circle there. Um, we have. Yeah. <laughs> and listen, whatever happens, there are people who are going to be happy with it. And there's going to be people who will be disappointed. Who will be louder? Check in next week. Pete, what do you have on your end? Apple Podcasts, Matt, a review from Dr. Steve T., the headline of which, Come for the Recap, Stay for the Quake Watch. Five stars, and it reads, Matt and Pete are once again delivering high-quality content. They break down each episode and speculate about what will happen next. This is the real thing, a PH fan podcast that delivers not an imitation well thank you for those kind words there and uh to the email inbox we go from steve adams who says what a final scene who did fury call who's available could it be quake after all i think sonia might be my favorite character in this series she is charming endearing and absolutely cold-blooded she's a brilliant combination that makes a woman i want no part of messing with the interaction between Priscilla and Gaia was lovely. They got a great action scene to go with it. The tension was really ramped up and is at its peak now. Next Wednesday needs to get here quick. I need to see how the story ends. Until Quake. then, needs what's that? Quake. <laughs> that that's who you're putting the uh, that's who you're putting all your marbles uh, behind, Pete. My marbles, my the marbles, <laughs> the marbles, the marbles. <laughs> well, Pete. We are counting down to that final episode, as are our listeners, and we could not have reached this point with the fifth episode podcast nearly in the books without those who support us on patreon.com slash fantastic geek. So thanks again to one and all who support us there. 
everybody who contributes gets access to exclusive content, all sorts of levels to choose from, but it takes just a dollar a month to get you behind that door. Can't contribute this month. Get yourself over to Apple Podcasts. Be like Dr. Steve T. Leave us a rating, a review. Help us out just as much. Pete, let's keep the secret invasion discussion going along with discussing Star Trek, discussing Star Wars. How can people be in touch with you on a social media site or two? You can find me on Twitter and Spaces at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 12,725 followers on Twitter. Can't be wrong and building on threads. Uh, and Pete, while I'm personally on Twitter is looking back lost, do me in touch with the podcast. Comment on fantasticgeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, and threads where we are Fantastic Geek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek with a PH, all one word, like it today. We are back tomorrow for Star Trek Sunday, a touching, exciting episode. And then back next weekend for the conclusion of Marvel's Secret Invasion. Of course, don't forget, we will also have a season-slash-series wrap podcast in two weeks on Secret Invasion Saturday. With that, Pete, I will say adios to all listeners and give you the final word. Don't worry about me. I'll put on a good face. <laughs>